I think I can say it now. I got five on it. What had happened was... Hey now, what's up everybody, welcome back, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast, that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA, what an amazing win, wasn't it, 23-7, to 7 t- oh sorry, that was a, that's a different game, uh, three games this week for the Sharks, who went 1-1-1 one, one, and one during those games, we're going to get into those, maybe talk a little, Meyer getting that first NHL All-Star nod, Vlasic's reduced ice time, Aiden Hill's strong play of late. Noah Gregor's scoring woes, and can the Sharks find the power play with two hands, a map, Siri, and ways? Remains to be seen. But first, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can donate using the Super Chat option during these live shows. We do prefer the Venmo option if you can, and you can find us at Tealtown USA. We always thank you for that support, and if you're not watching live on YouTube... Make sure to add your take in the comments section below on this video. So with that, here we are. Just two games away from the halfway point. As I said, Sharks went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Oh, jerk. More painful. Uh, going to the dentist this week or watching the Sharks power play? Oh, Jesus. Um... <laughs> That's a tough one, you know. <laughs> That's what um, I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. It, ugh, I honestly can't answer that question. They're both up there. I will say uh, that. And I got to say, dude, I was just outside for a second. Mm-hmm. As, as people tend to do. They go sure. outside every once in a while. And uh, yep. you, you know where I live and, and mm-hmm. uh, the relationship to what's near me. And I'm telling you, every once in a while, that waft of burger and onion rings comes over from the habit. And it's just, oh, uh, <laughs> dude, killing me, uh, Smalls. <laughs> I, dude, I have not, I've not eaten anything solid since Friday morning. I'll take one fucking onion ring, onion ring right now. <laughs> I'm saying it. It's for those who don't know. I had three teeth pulled on Friday. Uh, so. <laughs> Wisdom that's, teeth. That's some Logan right. Couture shit right there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know what? We're we're powering through. I told AJ, but um, you know, I'm trying not to, you know, move my mouth around too much. Uh, so, if if I don't laugh at something that AJ says, that doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, and I like that Sharks Lass is is talking about. Hey, I just got a few more minutes left to Cobra Kai. The, Netflix has a pause button. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing about Netflix. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? So, uh, 39 games into the season, Sharks are 20, 17, and 2 for 42 points. Uh, last season at this point, 18, 17, and 4 for 40 points. So, for all the changes, two points better for right now. We'll see where that stands when we go into the break. Because, as I said at the top of the show, I got five on it. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the Sharks are fourth in the Pacific, second in the wild card, but if you go by per- the points percentage, which is more accurate, a little more context there, Sharks are sixth in both the division and the wild card. we got to wait for mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. teams to catch up, but 5-1 in their last 10. 
<sighs> and four of those wins took going to overtime to get. So, yikes. at least it was overtime against teams not in the division. Yeah, no, yeah. At least if you're going to hand out the charity point, give it to teams you don't really give a shit about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. My predictions this week: it was it, banner week for me, three for three. Dig, <laughs> dig it. <laughs> I, so you had, so you had win against Detroit, regulation loss against the Rangers, overtime loss against the Penguins. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have the, um, you know, the the OTs. To mm-hmm. me, it's overtime loss, still a loss. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So no. So on my, on my sheet, which you you've seen, and I you're gonna I put it in there, but it's like I don't know that it's gonna really focus. Hold on, wait a minute. What? Oh, wait a minute. Do, am I not on my normal camera? No. Oh, okay. That's weird. It's actually focusing. You can actually kind of see it. Usually, it goes all like um, all hinky. But if you go down there at the bottom, it says. Uh, what win Detroit, lost New York, and then we go back to the top, and it says lost Pittsburgh. And you'll notice I have lost LA, win Seattle, and then lost, 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 lost. <laughs> so hopefully I'm that's, wrong. That's you know what that's uh, that's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I don't know wh- <laughs> I don't know which one, but it's going to be in one of them. <laughs> Hall of Shame, something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 39 games. I had them with. 21 and 18. They're 2017 and 2. But you know what both of those are? 42 points. One you know what? Uh 3 plus 4 and 5 plus 2, you still get 7. That's, that's all I'm saying, dude. Math, dude. Math. It's your friend. <laughs> so, 1 1 and 1. Oh boy. So, let's start with uh Detroit. I mean, you have to love seeing the Sharks fight back when they got down that was hopefully mm-hmm. something that you're going to see continue couture coming back from protocol against the overtime winner felt like that a good was a start. squeaker dude yeah but felt like a good start to the week but yes uh, a squeaker of a game which would be kind of a theme for the week <laughs> yeah i mean just just going specifically that red wings one i mean it's just <laughs> it was so stupid right like you know the the Sharks, they, they start out with the lead, which is awesome. And then, yeah, they go down 2-1. Jeff VL, the easiest goal who he's ever going to score. <laughs> that I'm telling you right now, dude, the goal that VL got against the Red Wings, an empty netter is harder than that. Yeah. And so that's a squeaker. Couture's goal, it was on the line. His stick was tied up. Somebody threw an octopus. It might have been offside. There was all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> I love the fact when the octopus hit the ice after the game, Couture was like, I thought somebody threw a jersey on there. And I was like, that probably wouldn't have been a good look. No. <laughs> that probably would have sucked just as coach. Uh, I mean, one thing you got to take into account, it's like Barber did go out early, so Detroit was down to 11 forwards. Mm-hmm. You got to tell you, you know, again, context matters. Sure. But, uh, you know, in the wings, the, the, the thing that, of course, is going to get you, they, they get a five on three late in the second. And uh, what's his name? Nadeljevic? Nadelkovic. Nadel, okay, whatever. <laughs> Nadel, I'm just going to call him that. Dude, should have gotten an Academy Award. <laughs> Jeez, man. That was, yuck. But, you know, I really. I I really liked seeing 
we, we've talked about Brent Burns a lot this season. I liked seeing him get three assists, right? Just because oh, in you, two games in a row. That's what I'm saying. You know, you want him to be, especially with Eric Carlson, like, you know, he's been more up than down this year, but you really never know, right? So it's nice to have at least one of them being the catalyst. Absolutely. But that, uh, yeah, that VL goal. <laughs> I told you, dude, an empty net goal would have been harder. <laughs> well, and you can say that a lot of positive shifts from the third and fourth lines on that one. Mm-hmm. But, and, and this is a takeaway from pretty much the entire week. No, Gregor. God. Buddy. I mean, You're going to hear a lot about that. Yeah. To, I mean, you talk about needing ways, Siri, Google Maps, like find the back of the net, bro. Yeah. He had uh, five five shots on goal in this game. You know, you, you got to think uh, now Bugner addressed the media this morning. And one of the things that he did mention is that it sounds as that Barabanov is about this close away from testing out. Like he could play tomorrow versus LA. I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and is that an opportunity to send Gregor down a, sh- no, you know, a spot? No, 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 no. I'm not no, saying no. send him to the CUDA. I'm saying send him to like, I don't know, the fourth line. No, because this, this is finally the opportunity you put you if you can get Barabanov back with Timo and Tomas Hurdle, right? And then I think you can keep Couture, Dahl, and Gregor together. They've been very good. Well, all of a sudden, you've got Rudolf Balsers who needs somewhere to be, and this might be the first opportunity to actually have some better depth. You know, I don't think they would break up the O line at this point. I'm sorry, the what line? The O line. The- oh, <laughs> but you know. Even if they did, or even if they did Couture, uh, or I'm sorry, Balsers with Couture, and maybe they move Gregor to that fourth line, get a little more speed, but I still like, I don't know, it sucks because, like, you don't want to break up the O-line, right? But at the same time, I would like Balsers to be with a guy like Benino. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I think if you're putting him with Weatherby and VL, like, you might as well not play him. <laughs> you're right. See, I don't know what the what these guys are going to do when everybody's healthy, and that's not to say that there is a embarrassment of riches. There's, you know, an embarrassment of fourth liners. <laughs> I mean, Nick Merkley, Raska, Viel, Gadjevic, Peterson. You know, well, I mean, some of those guys I would argue are beneath fourth line, but go ahead. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of a ga- a gaggle, if you will. <laughs> Could be a few. I don't know. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, <laughs> it's just I don't like it. Uh, Logan Teal coming in hot. There have been times this season where AJ's lawn hasn't looked very nice. It's looked good for the most part. Yeah, it hasn't looked too bad. <laughs> Mowing my lawn. Uh, the only other thing too, of course, when it comes to the Detroit game, um, dude, I think it needs to be said. Uh, Leah Hextall sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. <sighs> If you, I, I'm not the biggest fan of like sitting there spending the time to like sync up the audio app to get the Ruzinowski call, and that's not that. I love Ruzi, I love his call or whatever, but I'm used to just uh, you know just kick on the TV, watch, listen to Han, and hopefully more Ramenda. But man, that that ESPN, it's like oh yeah, we're syncing this up. I can't I can't take this chick. Well, it doesn't help either that it seems like all year it seems like the 
commentator and on ice like audio mix has been off all year because oh, I've noticed so right. on the ESPN games I feel <clears throat> I feel like I have to turn my TV up so loud and I can still barely hear the commentary. You're right. Yeah, could definitely use a better mixer there. Um, so the the other thing that was kind of that started with the Detroit game, which was an overarching theme of this week, is Vlasic not cracking 12 minutes of ice time in any of these games. Mm-hmm. He only he only played for 244 in the first period versus Detroit. Now, yeah, and, he, Bugner, and even and even but even then like 244 and then the next two periods he only he only was able to scratch eight more minutes out of it. Yeah, and I I literally asked Bugner like is is this a message being sent? Is just this just situational usage? And he's like no, there's no message. It's just you know we you know we had a little extra power play time here, blah blah blah. And I'm going, all right. <laughs> Which to me that I don't know that that passes the smell test because the Sharks they only had three power plays in this game. Like that's not <laughs> like you know like I don't know. And I saw too your I want to say it was after the Rangers game. You know I saw Bob. You know Bob threw out a quote. Oh, you know it's just you know. Whatever he said, you know, it's not sending a message. It's just, you know, I I can't remember the exact quote that he said, and it's bothering me now. Um, but it was it was just like, okay, oh, it was um, situ- situations dictate the time on ice, and it's like, my whole thing is, does the situation wanting good players out there? Like, <laughs> yeah, but of course, it's still gonna come up. It's like, man, return on it, seven million. And that return on investment, so it's like <laughs> feels like huh, a million a minute every night. <laughs> I can yikes, gotta get rid of this guy's figure it out. Um, so New, New York game, New York, you know, the another shutout. What are you gonna do? Uh, Power play sucked, penalty killed, didn't get it done. Yeah, uh, New York clearly. Thank God the New York is not in the Pacific Division because <laughs> Christ. Rangers have the Sharks' number this season. I mean, I thought there was a lot of good passing. I thought there was a lot of look, good looks five on five. But mm-hmm. y- you cough up a shorty. And then, of course, in, in typical Sharks fashion, you give a guy who's never scored an NHL goal before in his life, you give him a goal. Right. <sighs> and well, and it, the fact the fact that they've now been goalied by Shostorkin twice. Yeah. <laughs> you just... Why can't we solve this fucking guy? Which is something again that Bugner pointed to post game, where he was right. just like, "I thought we had good looks. I thought we played well. We stuck stuck with our game." Just Shostakin is just he's a really fucking good goalie, <laughs> right? And I think normally, like I like to look at a certain game and say, "Okay, what can we take away from this game? What can we leave behind from this game?" And like I thought, I thought the Sharks played really well in this game. Like, you know, I think if I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say if they had gotten a couple more saves, right? Because you know Aiden Hill still made, you know, twenty nine saves. Obviously, the last goal being an empty netter. So it's like Aiden Hill came to play, you know. And it's like you, you just like the Sharks to be able to put a couple away there, right? And well, dude, Eric, Eric Carlson said it after the game: you score zero goals, you win zero games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 I think. I don't know. Just the the takeaway I would have from that game is like just do like do that again, right? Because I wouldn't say it was a perfect game, but it was a pretty good game. And like, it's not very often that you get shut out in a 
in a really good effort. You know what I well, mean? You, you I know, would honestly say, you know why they lost, right? <sighs> Stealth jerseys. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I just I would honestly, if you were gonna say what's my takeaway from that, I would say come in on Saturday and do that again. Which they essentially say. did. Yeah. So you know, credit to them. <laughs> People with the food. Oh, we have to burn the stealth jerseys because they can't win in them. Laundry has nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> stop. Just stop. Especially, too, couldn't you make an argument that the Sharks are going to wear their special limited run alternate jersey against more high marquee teams? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> the other thing I thought was so funny is there's a contingent of fans, right, that sit there and go, we need to go back to, like, you know, before 2004 where the home team wears white at home. And, and then what happened last Tuesday when Detroit was in town? It was one of those rare times where, for whatever reason, the, the travel team brought their home unis out, so the Sharks wore white. And then you see a whole bunch of people bitching. Why the fuck are the sharks wearing white at home? <laughs> well, I just, Fucking I think there that's are hilarious. bigger things to be concerned about. <laughs> well, the thing that makes me laugh about that is like when you have people who are saying we need to go back to before 2004. It's like, I was a fan before 2004. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> like the sharks made it, the sharks made it out of the first round. What? Two or three times in, in 12 years. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to go back to that, but sure. Well, let's let's hit a couple things in the chat here. Uh, Taco Cruiser asking, uh, should the Sharks trade a blue chip for a blue chip goalie, or is Aiden Hill the future? I mean, well, you traded a second for Aiden Hill. I mean, based on that, you're kind of hoping he's the future. Yeah, I but don't I don't know. I feel. I mean, maybe I'm going to sound stupid when I say this because the top goalies in the league are all drafted by the team that they're playing well with right Vasilevsky Hellebuck Shostorkin mm -hmm. but at the same time like I don't know I I always feel like there's goalies available you know what I mean well and who are who are a couple of the best goalies that the Sharks have ever had Nabokov and Kiprasov came up through their system Toskala <laughs> <laughs> no you're it's a sound point right like you you know the best goalies have been homegrown goalies but I feel like at the same time like I don't know. I mean, we've seen teams with elite goaltending lose to teams that have average goaltending, right? Mm hmm So, I don't know. I feel like there's always guys out there you can find. Well, and then uh, Logan Teal asking, uh, Ben Godreau, That's and I'm you look at the name, and it looks like it's Godreau, but I hear the announcer, and he's saying Ben Godreau, but whatever. Uh, 50 saves versus London last night. Maybe he's the guy. Uh, I remember hearing Junior hockey. I was going to say, I remember hearing really nice things about Zachary Yamon, uh, Magnus Krona. Krona. <laughs> he got that Krona. No, but the, it's the thing with goaltending, right? Is you want to, it's, it's like the most difficult thing you need to, in order to like really classify and say, okay, is this person good? Right. Just because goaltenders, they don't score goals, you know, mm -hmm. but and the example I always point to is is Jeremy Swayman, who's with the Boston Bruins. You want to look for guys who every level of hockey they've played, they have good numbers. And so and so, you know, Godro, good numbers in the OHL. That's awesome. But I want to see some AHL body of work. I want to see some NHL body of work. You know what I mean? You need to see. Can you stop the puck league to league? And I mentioned Jeremy Swayman because 
914 in his one year in the USHL. Goes to three years of college, 921, 919, 939. Two years in the AHL, 933, 911. Two years in the NHL, 945, 918. See what I'm saying? Seems consistent, consistently good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and also, while we're talking about trading for goalies, uh, Boston, you know, this right here, Jeremy Swayman going to the AHL, total jam job if you ask me. I think the Sharks should trade for Jeremy Swayman. Wait Will a they? No. We're, we're talking about setting nice. up another trade for a goalie from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Martin Jones fan, uh, I mean, joke for all you fans out there. But here's the, here's the thing, though. If you're going to, as uh, as Taco is saying, I believe it was Taco who said that, or it might have been Logan, but if you're going to trade for a blue-chip goalie, like, and not to say Swayman is available, but why not trade for a guy who's already got some body of work, mm-hmm. right? No, absolutely. I mean, how, what? Like, are you like, you know, yes, Gojo could be the guy, but he's in the OHL right now. How many years away is he? Well, uh, did UC Saros come up to their system? UC Saros, he, man, how good does he look now, right? This is what I'm saying, man. I mean, like, there was a lot of people going into this season. I didn't hear a lot of talk about the Preds, Mm -hmm. you know. Dark Horse? Maybe. I I said they sucked, dude. I I didn't even care what they did. (laughs) I mean, but and all of a sudden they're just hitting out of the park. Yeah, everybody was just like, "Well, Colorado's going to burn it down," right? So, but even even with UC Soros, you know, they Nashville snagged him in the fourth round nine years ago, um, and you know what? Good. Same thing as what I'm saying. Good numbers in the Finnish league. Then he comes over to the AHL. Good numbers in the AHL. Now he's a NHL backup. Good numbers in an, as an NHL backup. Now he's an NHL starter. Good numbers. That's how you judge goalies is are you putting up good numbers league to league to league? Because goalies, it seems to me, maybe there's data that would counter this, but it seems to me like, you know, the players that end up playing in multiple leagues over their career always end up being goalies for some reason. Mm. Well, uh, let's last game versus Pittsburgh. We, you know, pretty much everybody saw it last night. Two to two to one overtime loss after Balsers opened the scoring, which you know I think as a Sharks fan we're just kind of like, okay, what's their record when the Sharks score first? It's pretty fucking good, right? And so you had to have been like, okay, they're gonna get the shit back on track. And dude, and, what a pass by Carlson, dude. Dude, I saw that pass and I'm like, man, that was like Thornton esque. If you remember that game that Thornton like backhanded to Marlowe, who gave a tap in, it was very reminiscent of that. I don't remember. Oh, dude, very. No, I re- okay, I I remember. I'm just trying to be funny. Oh, okay, but yeah, that no, that Carlson pass was like holy shit. But then, yeah, oh, dude, that Latangle, like where the hell was everybody? Everybody got caught so deep. And, you know, Farrell has a little bit of a flub in the neutral zone. You go, ah, fuck. And that is that is one, though, you kind of look at it and you go, I, I feel like Hill needs to have that. Yeah, well, it it's unfortunate, right? Because I, I actually really liked Aiden Hill. This whole week I've really liked Aiden Hill. I mean, you take away that the full diaper against Detroit last week, right? <laughs> take that out of it. I mean his save percentage was like 775 or something like that's an outlier. As we talked about earlier in the season with outliers, you take that out, dude, in, in his last five games, guy has put up a 927 and a two goals against average. Like that's, 
It's not I, I don't know if I want to say elite, but that's definitely above average. Yeah. Uh, Taco Cruiser asking, uh, why did the Sharks let Kiprasov get away? Uh, you'll they have to Nabokov more. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, Nabokov, but if you remember, um, there was a opportunity there that Nabokov was. If if I remember correctly, and you watch Puck Guy, will come running in, <laughs> waving pom poms. If I remember huh. correctly, Nabokov uh, was holding out, and Kiprasov was given the opportunity to take the reins, and Kiprasov talk about full diaper. And right. so they kind of, you know, all of a sudden they looked at Nabby and said, pay him, pay that man his money for your well, Rounders you, fans. You know what, though? And and we talked about this, like. And Daryl Sutter this, knows because he was the one right. that said, yeah, get me Kippy. Yeah, that that year you're talking about Kiprasov was uh, he was five and 14, <sighs> 879, 879 save percentage. And then, of course. He gets traded to Calgary, and he's second for the Vesna, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatevs. But we, you know what? But we actually, I don't know if you remember, but this is going back like two years ago when the first pandemic started. We spent. <laughs> what are we in pa- pandemic? The sequel right now? What are you talking about? <laughs> we we spent a late night Discord, you know, debating whether the Sharks should have yeah. kept Kippersoff and moved Marlow. We or Marlow, Jesus, moved Nabokov. You know, we looked at the stats, we looked at the accolades and the hardware and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. but that's you talk about back at the time an embarrassment of riches riches. I mean Kippersoff, oh, Nabokov, Tosca, like you can't oh, Warren Stralo's goalie factory, baby. The Warren Stralo goalie factory. Oh, here comes Puck Guy with his pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, uh, what else can we talk to? Oh, well, of this course. Power play sucks. Yeah, this power play is shit. Dude, they had a four minute it, it stretched over an intermission, sure, but you had three straight minutes on fresh ice. Could not get it the fuck done. The one, the one good thing that you can take away, at least me, from this entire week of hockey is that Drew Remenda was on the TV call two of the three games. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he was really good, obviously. I mean... Loved him. Loved he's, him. That's, it's, see, now, and here's the whole thing, right? This is, this is how, like, the internet works and social media, right? Is that if you put out some, a, a tweet that says, I really love oranges, then everybody comes at you and goes, what's your problem with fucking tangerines and peaches? And, you know, they just immediately mm-hmm. assume... And so my thing is, I'm not disparaging Hedekin. I'm just saying I love Remenda. Right. <laughs> and that's fair. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about America. You can have preferences. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Uh, the interesting, of course, point with uh, the three games this week, it was like 10,005, 10,005, all of a sudden 13,007 versus Pittsburgh, <laughs> which makes you wonder – are there 3,000 fans in the Bay Area that root for the Penguins? Is it because it was a Saturday night? Sid the Kid? Who knows? Yeah, there must be. I don't know. You know what I really... We're talking about this whole week, right? Yeah. What about What about Jacob Magna? This guy. I don't think... See, this is something that we had kind of gone over. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if it was last week's show or if it was just on the Discord. I get confused. We, I, we might need to stay off Discord. Because then I I get I conflate the two. Well, I conflate the two. You know what I mean? Sure. But the fact of the that we were talking, it's that idea of what the fuck do the sharks do when all the blue liners are healthy? 
Because right now, I would take Megna over Vlasic. I would. Mm-hmm. T- I might take Megna over Shimmick at this point. <laughs> right. But what happens when you get Middleton back? And, oh, yeah. and what happens with Kinejov comes back? I don't even know that Kinejov is going to come back this season. And by the time he is actually healthy and ready to go, if the Sharks are not in a playoff spot, is it even worth bringing him back? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because because as you know, we talked about before. You know, at the beginning of the season, Bob was anticipating jam jam around. <laughs> he was anticipating around now that Kanishov would be back mm-hmm. and guy hasn't even touched the ice yet. So I'm wondering if at this point, at this point, I wonder, like, I wonder how long before they say, you know what? He's just not going to play this year. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, right? <laughs> Who comes I, back sooner? Kanishov or Eichel? Eichel, dude, for sure. <laughs> but just, it, yeah, Eichel skating. It's just unfortunate because, you know, you wanted to see how he was going to build off of last year, right? Yep. But, but I, and, you know, yeah, you have this question with Middleton as well, obviously. But with Magna, I mean, I was, again, I was very much like, I don't understand why Magna's getting the call. He's the Barracuda captain. He's, he's an AHL defenseman, right? But he's looked good with Eric Carlson. He's playing, you know, he's played the last six games in a row. He's averaged 18 minutes a night. Like well, he let, let me ask you this. Looks good. I mean, if you have say middle mids is ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. You get. I mean, Ferraro is stapled to Burns. We know this, unfortunately, but yeah. Uh, Middleton and Carlson have, at least for me, probably the most consistent pairing over the season. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, it's like this, you know, hodgepodge of like, is it Shimmick Vlasic? Is it uh, Merkley? Is it Malosh? Is it Magna? Is it, you know? Hotica. Yeah. So say you get everybody back. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't know about you. It's like, I would, I feel like I would prefer Magna and Merkley over Vlasic and Shimmick at this point. But then again, it also goes to the point of how do you increase a guy like Shimmick? How do you increase his trade value or try to, you know, if you're not at least showcasing his talents, you know, it's like if right. he's so good. Why are you scratching him? <laughs> well, yeah. and the, here's the here's the other thing too. Whether whether or not we like it, like because Merkley Ryan Merkley, that is because he doesn't require waivers to go to the Barracuda. Like he's the first victim, of course. He, whether or not he deserves it, that's just the nature of the beast. And you kind of hope, you kind of hope it's the same thing, same thing with Middleton and Kinejov that we've seen in past years, where it's like we're sending you down now, but next year you're going to come back and you're going to be awesome. You know. Well, and, and the fact that Shimmick was scratched in all three games this week, I mean, if that isn't a red fucking flag. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially because, what, it was last week where Bob said, I feel like Shimmick is back, and <laughs> he's also making two and a quarter million this year and the next two. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, for those who don't remember, you broke that signing. Continue. <laughs> God, I forgot all about that. See, I forget about that shit. But uh, look, the story of the week is in I don't I don't know that we can say the week anymore. Story of the month, I would say, is uh this inept power play. Mm-hmm. I don't understand I mean, I know Bob said, Oh, you know, the theme of the, the, the practice this morning was crashing the net, you know, it's it's the idea of getting pucks there, but we have to have more of a net front presence. We can't play on the perimeter, we can't be on the outside of the crease, we have to crash or whatever, and I'm going, well, sure, worked in those first five games of the season, not sure why you got away from it and, mm-hmm. and why you're figuring it out 35 games later. Right. 
But it, it, and the thing that gets me is the fact that this is not new. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty re- much. Remember Steve Spot? Ab- <laughs> oh, God. Well, and I, we talked about it right before we went online. And I, I hate to even say it because I know you're just going to explode. You're going to, it's going <laughs> to melt your snow. But I like the power play has not been the same since, since Joe Pavelski left. True that. And I hate to even say that because we should be looking in the now and the future, but I'm sorry, it's also that's worth 20, 2022 NHL All-Star Joe Pavelski to you. But go he's ahead. been to the All-Star game before. That's not and, and he's going again. I'm aware. I saw. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about the internet. It's there if you want to find it. <laughs> <laughs> this message for you, Sharks fans, Facebook. Oh, jeez. Uh so anyway, uh, the game versus Seattle this Thursday, it's going to be the 41st. It marks the halfway point. Um, we, L.A. comes to the tank tomorrow. I mean, this has to be the start of something for the Sharks if they want to have any aspirations of being a playoff team because the Sharks, believe it or not, have more teams against peop- you know other teams in their division than any other team they have 19 games left in division and the thing that maybe some people aren't aware of is those three games that got postponed for the sharks those were all divisional games <laughs> you had vancouver edmonton and anaheim so this is this is the time that the sharks are going to have to like figure it out after this gauntlet of games where they have to go to the the what are they calling it the southeast triangle at this point Mm-hmm. <laughs> having to go through Tampa, Washington, Florida, Carolina. But after that, it's going to be a lot of Pacific divisional matchups. They don't win those. It's, you know, to tap out. I mean, well, and four that's, point and, games. And that's the thing. And these games are pretty, you know, specifically this game against L.A., you know, this game is really critical. I mean, L.A. is three points ahead of them in the standings. But check it out. You know, let's get into get into it here. The Sharks and the Kings, they both have 20 wins. Obviously. Where are their games played? Uh, LA's got 38. San Jose's got 39. Yikes. So pretty close there. But the point I'm trying to make, so very close in games played, tied in wins. LA has more overtime losses than the Sharks, which personally I hate that. I know I know, Corey, um, Corey was talking about if, and we've all talked about it, doing international point scoring for the NHL, I think would weed out some of the pretenders, right? But mm-hmm. but check this out. So LA, 109 goals for. San Jose, 106 goals for. Pretty close. The difference being LA is only allowed 97 goals this year. San Jose is allowed 119. <laughs> and it feels like 19 of those were allowed shorthanded. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it's like I think what we know at this point, like, would you like the Sharks to clean up their goals against a little bit? Sure, yeah, probably. But if they're not, score more goals. You know what I mean? Like that's ultimately what the Sharks need at this point. I think is to score more goals and and you've got you know, guys that just need to break through. Whether it's a Balsers or a Gregor, LeBanc when he gets back. Oh God, I wonder if he'll even be back this season. Because again, I go back to that whole the schedule is not your friend. And if you get to that point where you're coming into that that break and, you know, I'm on record. I don't want to see it happen, but I'm on record saying, look, if I'm a betting guy, 
I'm betting right now that the Sharks have a losing record after February 1st going into the break. Right. Well, my, you know, my under my my math tells me that LeBanc is going to be back after the the would-be Olympic break. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But you know what? Here's the thing, and I know people are going to cry and bitch about it, but uh this brought to you by 1-800-CRY-MORE. Right. If the shark like if people want the Sharks to make the playoffs. We all want the Sharks to make the playoffs. I think it's fair to say. They're going to need help mm-hmm. in the goal scoring department. And the only way you do that, you don't claim Jonah Gadjevich off waivers to help your goal scoring. You don't like <clears throat> you don't play <clears throat> Peterson. Right. If the if if people if you say I want the Sharks to make the playoffs this year, the Sharks are gonna have to go out and trade for somebody who score goals. And it and feels I'll like tell they you have what, some money right now to do that. Well but I'll tell you what, <laughs> those types of players are not available until the time where the Sharks could potentially be out of the playoffs and it won't matter. Yep. <sighs> they just need to trade. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look good right now, but if the Sharks, up until the trade deadline, if the Sharks can win more than they can lose, like even if it's, you know, win two, lose one until the trade deadline, they're still in the hunt. They're still in the hunt. I just think that that is a... Uh... I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a I mean, big ask. The, the division's jump ball, though, right? So it's Division, kinda... I totally agree with you. Division is jump ball. That being said, though, uh, I mean, between now and the trade deadline, the Sharks have L.A. three to- four times. That's mm-hmm. L.A.'s playing some pretty good hockey. Yeah. Those are going to be tough games. You get Seattle twice. Okay, the, I'm, I'm not saying those are gimmies, but... Should be wins. Yeah, should be. Uh, then you got Vegas, and by the time the Sharks play that first game versus Vegas, it would not surprise me, you know, on March 1st to see Eichel in. Yeah, and I'm going to uh, plan to be at that game, too. So, ugh, hopefully hopefully it's not a... <laughs> Well, I don't know. You know, you know what though? I I've gone to quite a few road games for the Sharks, and they seem to do pretty well. So maybe the jerk bump will help them. All right, uh, and then you've got a game versus Anaheim, who seems to finally be cooling who off. Who called it? <laughs> Three, five, and two over their last ten. <laughs> yeah, it's no, dude. Two, six, and two. They've only won twice oh. in the last ten. Oh, you know what? My numbers are from like. A day ago, so oh man, two what you yeah. Zegris, what happened, buddy? Troy Terry, oh, where what, you at? And and that's what I'm saying, dude. They've I I've been saying they're gonna Troy Terry gonna, got that all star nod and said, yeah, I'm good. And that's the thing, they're gonna yeah, I've been saying they're gonna come down to earth eventually. And they've all in the Pacific Division, they've played the most games. So not only have they played the most or yeah, played the most games in the Pacific Division, but the other thing you're talking about that cooling off thing. Interesting, of course. They've played the most games in the league, actually. Oh shit! <laughs> but you're talking about them cooling off, and then you had the 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 Canucks heating up, mm-hmm. right? Don't they have only have like two losses in their last like ten or something? Six, three, and one over the last ten. Oh, that's pretty fucking good. But here's the thing, and people, especially with the way they started, right? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, obviously. Calgary and Vancouver, they got a lot of, or I'm sorry, Calgary and Edmonton, they've got a lot of games in hand on the Sharks, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, there's like, yeah, you can expect them. They're going to battle back a little bit. But even then, like, 
it, the schedule is what it is. The whether the Sharks have played five less games, five more games, the same amount of games, whatever. The Sharks need to bank their points while they can. Like Al- Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, like one of these teams are slipping out, and the Sharks need to step up and make sure that they're well, the one taking the place. Yeah, well, and Logan pointing out that you know Edmonton, Anaheim, and Calgary are all like kind of dropping. <clears throat> Even uh, Daryl Sutter earlier this week saying, you know, these guys, he was just, he washed his hands of it. He's like, hey, the, the guys in the room need to figure it out what the problem is. Because didn't they just get rinsed going through the uh, Florida gauntlet, that southeast, you know, buzzsaw? Well, and not only that, dude, but we kind of, I mean, neither of us were really high on the Flames to begin the year. No, I At the beginning of the year, I I had them out of the playoff picture because I was, honestly, I was thinking, has the game passed Sutter by? Like his style of hard nose, you know, playing playing guys like a Ricci rather than a guy like a Solani or a Koroyuk as he mm-hmm. did back in the day, you know? And I'm like, that's always been Sutter's brand of hockey. Is that going to be able to play in this day and age, especially with the roster that Calgary was icing? I mean, remember, dude, I, I think it, like within the week of Sutter being named the coach, you're like, goodbye, Johnny Gaudreau's career. Yeah. <laughs> but to Sutter's credit, Gaudreau has like, had, like, played some of his best hockey this season. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just, it is a curious case. I still think, like, Edmonton, here's the thing about Edmonton. This is going to be kind of a weird sort of way to describe everything, so just bear with me. I feel like Edmonton's chances of making the playoffs are better than Calgary's. But I feel, but I feel like Calgary has better odds to go far in the playoffs than Edmonton does. No, I I get that because Edmonton's probably going to make. I mean, you'd think based on the personnel they have there, Edmonton will probably make the playoffs this year. Well, they're not going to go. They're not going to go far though. It's the same every like year. Last they've year. <laughs> made, every like last year, like 2017, like 2020, like the the. The Oilers can make the playoffs all they want, but like that team is built. That team is built like the San Jose Sharks of the mid to late 2000s, where your top two lines get you into the playoffs, and then when they go quiet, the bottom six is nowhere to be found, and you lose in six games in the second round. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is going to happen again. If if Edmonton makes the Edmonton will probably, like I said, Edmonton's probably going to make the playoffs but they're going to lose in the first round versus Calgary. Calgary, it's kind of 50-50 whether they make the playoffs, but if they do, I think they have a chance to at least make it to a second round. Well, I remember at the beginning of the season, we were all basically saying VGK1, Edmonton 2, and then it's jump ball for the rest. Yeah, dude, get a lottery tumbler and pull the teams out one by one, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. The The point being in all this is like, yeah. Oh, and remember, show- we haven't seen the Oilers with Kane yet, so we don't know. <laughs> the, the point being though is like yes the sharks have played more games than these teams it doesn't matter like the they whether they play their games on the same day the whole season or it's totally out of proportion like it is right now the calgary and edmonton are going to lose or win whichever games they play right or wrong in right the sharks need to worry about themselves if the Sharks, they're at 39 games. They just need to bank points the best way they can. And if Calgary wins a bunch of games, oh, well, they were going to win without the Sharks' influence anyway. You're right. And by my math, if the, if, 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 if it is correct, uh, I believe the Sharks play, I want to say, 19 games. 
between now and the deadline. I mean, the deadline is essentially two months from today. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, two months and a couple days. You know, it's it's January sixteenth. Deadline's March twenty first, but I believe it's about nineteen games. Well, it twenty two because you're forgetting the three postponed games. Oh, you're right, sir. And again, those three postponed games are in division games. Yes, so they, they are. If they find a way to make those up during what is supposed to be the Olympic break, man, the, this is again, this is the point where. We we talked about it going into December, was that December's schedule for the Sharks was so home-heavy. They weren't going to leave their time zone. They're going to play the, a ridiculous, like, what was it? Nine of ten were at home. And the one that was scheduled to be away that got, ended up getting postponed was in Anaheim. So the Sharks did not take a lot of advantage over that. Mm-hmm. If the Sharks want to have those playoff aspirations... It's really they got to figure out a way to at least go 500 through that that buzzsaw in southeast, uh, you know, Florida and Carolina and Tampa and blah blah blah. But it's all those in division games between now and the deadline because if they're outside looking in, then I think you have to you have to start going. Where's Hurdle going? You know what 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 are the Rangers offering? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and and I Shang. Last, I believe last night, pregame, put out a thing, I guess that LeBron or something, that I guess they're trying to talk to Hurdle right now about. Yeah, they, because probably what it is, is. What it is. The, you know, the idea is like, okay, ultimately what it's going to boil down to, whether that's today, tomorrow, the trade deadline, whatever that is, you know, the staff is going to go to Hurdle. They're going to say, do you want to sign an extension here? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is is anything other than yes, then he's out. Yep. And it's it you know, figure it out now. I mean, it's gonna we're gonna know, like you said, we're gonna know in just over two months what what the answer to that question is because, you know, the it, until the sharks are for sure out of it, like hurdles not going anywhere. And right now they are in the hunt. And so we'll see. I don't know. I just think that's all what it's gonna hinge on. Like if. By the trade deadline, if Hurdle is 50-50 on as an extension, you got to take that as no. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah, you got you need a guy who's going to be all in. Yep. And maybe he will be all in. I mean, I know I know he said like he said at the beginning of the year, he said that winning over money is is where his head is at, but at the same time, we've seen guys, you know, get attached to the city they're in and want to stay there regardless of where the team is at. So who really knows? Nobody knows. Big time. And we were the, and we were saying that. Remember, we said the same thing about Eric Carlson. Oh man, I hope Eric Carlson resigns. He's been so good for us. I'm nervous. It's June. What's happening? And then he ended up resigning right before free agency, anyway. But still, you know, it's I was, it, 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 like not right before. It was like two weeks before, wasn't it? I, but like, in UFA time, that is right before. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it just felt like uh, I don't know. Like I, I thought it was going to be a bit more down to the wire. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, the, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but just somebody had brought this up, and I'm like, eh, it's a worthwhile question to ask, Jerk. Uh, does Seattle suck this season because so many people, or I should say so many GMs, learn their lesson from the Vegas expansion? Um, I think that could be a part of it. But if you if you look, aside from, I mean, uh, aside from Jonathan Marcheseau and uh, Alex Tuck, 
you know, most of the most of the assets that Vegas required or acquired, excuse me, were futures, right? Picks, prospects, that kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of specifically, you well, know, they got a, who, they got a first round pick from Columbus. They got a first round pick from the Islanders. You know, they got a second from the Penguins. So obviously, they use those picks to flip for NHL ready guys. But well, and what was the piece that they took from the Sharks that they ended up flipping the next day? Yeah, David Schlemko. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I mean, I think what you're saying, I think that could have something to do with it. But honestly, like, and and we, you know, Ian, Kevin, Puck Guy, like a bunch of us all talked about this. Like, you know, the players that were on the board, it, it's not like Seattle couldn't take advantage of anybody. Like, there were better players on the board that Seattle had the opportunity to grab for free, and they chose not to. Re- refresh my memory. Who did, who did Seattle take from San Jose? Alexander True. And do you think that was a better option than, say, Dylan Gambrell? Yeah, right now it's hard to say, you know, but they could have easily, I mean. I think most people are a little, like, true? Really? But you know, but here's the thing. You know who Seattle could have had? <laughs> Jake Middleton. Oh, see, oh, that's a great point. And see? now, no Anybody who says I knew this was coming, they're lying. But <laughs> still, it, you know, they could could have had Ryan Donato. I know Ryan Donato ended up there anyway, but Donato had a good season with the Sharks, whether or not people want to admit that. Like he, he had, had a good he year. had a decent season. It wasn't the season that we were sold. Right, but I mean, but even then 20 points in 50 games, that's not awful. It's not again not awful, but when the expectations are a bit higher, you kind of go. The expect mm. yeah the 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 thing is he did, like he did what he's already done before. We expected him to exceed that. Yeah. Um. But okay, look, okay, we can go Curtis Brown positive here for a hot minute. When you look at the guys that have missed time because of either injured reserved or code of protocol. A positive I think you can take away from this is that you are getting more looks at who's in your pipeline and getting them good experience, whether it's a a Raska, a Ryan Merkley, uh, I mean, name and name, you know what I mean? Jake Middleton. Uh, well, I see, I feel like Middleton is like, he's stuck. Dude, I'm he's t- stuck. no, dude, if, Kine- if Kinesiov, you're right, you're right, but if Kinesiov is healthy... Middleton's the seventh defenseman, maybe. Oh, you mean at the start of the season? Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right, but at yeah, this, I am. but at this point, <laughs> for get, sure. Oh, you know, dude, Noah Gregor. Uh, I mean, yeah, that Gregor came up a little bit ago, but you know, we talked about it before. You know, Bob Bugner had to be had to be convinced for now the third time to call up Noah Gregor and. Once again, he's looked good. Well, yeah, and dude, but I guarantee you, dude. Once Gregor, like Gregor's going to have a streak of like five games where he score, scores two and five games, and they're going to do an interview with Roy Sommer taking credit for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just want what I really want is the next time, the next time that they, uh, they bring up most wins, they say, "Oh yeah, all the also most losses." <laughs> No, what I was going to say was is that the next time Noah Gregor scores, right? Hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully it's soon. Hopefully it's soon. Like tomorrow. But yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the next time Noah Gregor scores. But I want him to go when he scores, I want him to go full Andrew Ference 
score, skate by the glass, and like put his middle finger up in the air. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> but anyway, the the positive being is that the Sharks are seeing guys that they probably might not have seen. You know, to if everybody is healthy from from the jump, is is Gregor with the team at this point? We don't know. You know, is well, is Weatherby here? Is Raska here? Well, the thing is though, with Gregor though, dude, our preseason preview show, we said, why is Gregor not in the NHL? We said that. That's a real thing that happened. <laughs> well, or maybe I should say, is Gregor in the top six? I don't know. If he's not, he should be. Well, Barabanov, Hurdle, Meyer, Dolan, Couture, Balsers. Love, it, but yeah, but even then, and then, and see, that's what I'm talking about. When you get a fully healthy team, I know we're going way off track, but I feel like it's a good chat. Imagine a third line. Like, what if you did something? So, what you just said, and then you had like. LeBanc, Benino, Gregor. Because to me, that's a sick third line. I see. I, I I have no problems with that line. In fact, I would prefer that line because it gives you the idea of uh, you know there there a lot of speed, got a little bit of scoring touch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and like. And you have that. a guy who can win faceoffs. Yeah, not that as well. Because I, dude, I got to be honest with you, man. It's, I'm sitting here and I'm you know and I see like the O line. Sometimes I look at that and I go, fuck, man, that would be a really good fourth line. It's not so much a that's, good third line. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I love Matt Nieto. I loved what he's done this year. Andrew Cogliano, loved what he's done this year. They're fourth liners on a Stanley Cup team. Yeah. And and to be fair, like, Benino, I'm kind of, mm, you know. motherfucker needs to score. <laughs> yeah, right? Like Only got five goals this year. Granted, all high value, but still only five. Yeah, well, it makes me want to go back. So, how many did Gambrell have last season? That's <laughs> gonna yeah, fucking. That's the thing, Gambrell. I don't know. I, I everybody was mean. Everybody was mean to him last year. Who was third know, line center last season? <laughs> everybody was mean to Gambrell last year, but he did all right as a fourth line center. They're like fuck him, kids. Oh, oh, hey, did you know since Middleton went on IR? The Sharks' defense has zero goals, and EK65 with no points with a minus six. Yeah, dude. Until, it, well, it, hold on. Wait a minute. Didn't Carlson get a point last night? He did. He got an assist. With that ridiculous assist on Balser. So, uh, so yeah, EK65, one point, and is a dash six without Middleton. That goes to show you how important Middleton is. <laughs> well, it's like we've talked about for the last two weeks, too. You know, the, the, the tongue lashing that Carlson gave Middleton is clearly – paid off and we're still seeing the effects of it yeah he's still out on our <laughs> right so stock up stock down i mean uh, over the six games since the the holiday break it's been more than six but uh look for me this week you know at, at the start of the week it was kind of like jonathan dolan finally maybe trending back up after being kind of meh for a while like i felt mm-hmm. like he was getting more looks um and of course, it's kind of like, well, hey, isn't getting called out a thing on this show something that seems to be working? Right. You know, he was stocked down last week, and then he gets two assists versus Detroit. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't know him and Couture uh, versus New York and uh, Pittsburgh. Bugner seemed very complimentary of them, but you know, points matter. I just want from Dolan. I agree with you. I think he is trending in the right direction. I just want to see more shots on goal. Yes. I would like agree. if he if he's putting up like Noah Gregor level shots on goal like that that's probably cements him in the stock up category. 
who's the guy who stuck up for you? Well, I kind of mentioned Magna before, so I won't get into him there. But I just, I don't know. This is a weird kind of position, right? Because you've, like, there's definitely stock down guys, but it's hard for me to say stock up. Like, it almost feels like guys are already at the top. And it's like, okay, they can't go any higher than the highest point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I mean, Timo Meyer, we've said it every week this season. Like, Timo Meyer is just being a beast, right? Yeah, beast mode. Yeah, beast mode. Like, he had another uh, point. He had the other assist on the Balser's goal last night. Um, And and he's, I mean, everything everything he's touching is just going to good places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I... I really liked what I saw, you know, I like I said I liked what I saw from Matt Nieto specifically against the Penguins, but just in general, I think since he's come back to San Jose, I think he's used his speed well, but he also seems more phys- physical than his first tour around here. He seems a little more just like a more well-rounded player. Obviously, he's on the third line. You'd like some goals from him, but I liked I've liked Matt Nieto. Um I've liked Jeff VL too. I know both the goals he scored so far have been really lucky, but you know, he kind of what we talked about with him specifically last year was, yeah, he's coming in, he's going to fight guys and hit guys, but he also brings something to the table outside of that. You know what I mean? So I've, I've liked what I've seen from VL, not really anything specific, but just in general, like I don't hate that he's in the lineup. Uh, I would take him over Gadge. Yeah. I take him over Gadgevich Peterson, <laughs> a lot of guys you know? yeah <laughs> uh another guy stock up of course i mean you have to say timo meyer you know goal and assist this week but uh named to the all-star game so good 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 on him if you will and in fact you know i'm sitting here and we're 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 shooting the shit if you will chewing the fat i didn't even realize didn't even have the uh the score strip going on there so we're talking about some of these players and it's kind of like oh yeah we should actually like kind of call them out a little bit uh but Meyer first all-star appearance for him uh completely earned uh dude's just been a beast this entire season if this is the guy that the Sharks can count on for the foreseeable future how old is Meyer right now like 25 26 if that maybe 24 how old is Timo? That guy. <laughs> oh, did I did I lose hockey jerk? Did I misplace him? I'm so sorry. Uh, me, well, my fourth wisdom tooth fall fell out. Um, no, <laughs> no. Uh, Timo Meyer, he is 25. He's going to be 26 at the beginning of next season. And and you know what? He's, I mean. He's been a good player the entire time the Sharks have had him. I think. Let me ask you this: well, yeah. He he has one more year on his deal, correct? Uh, one year after this year, yes. Yeah. So, if he continues the way he's played this season throughout the rest of this season, and just assuming that the Sharks have him, you know, keep it and don't trade him. Mm-hmm the you know this season or or during the off season um if the sharks have him playing like this for the first half of next season is this a guy that you look at and go okay 26 years old is this a guy that we're going to go like 8 by 8 on 
So I think if the sharks, in the, the I'm kind of sidestepping your question here at first. <laughs> it, if ah. the shark, if the sharks decide that a full-on rebuild is the way to go for them, Timo Meyer is getting traded. Yeah. I just want to put that. I just want to put that out there. Completely agree. But if he's the guy they're going to build around, if if they are committed to this reset where they want to be back at it in a year or two, right? And Timo Meyer's their guy, dude. As soon because you can sign an extension one full calendar year before your contract is up. If I'm the Sharks and Timo Meyer is my guy, I'm signing him as <laughs> July fourteenth. I'm not letting him play next year without a new deal because what if he pops up he's on pace for uh let me do the math real quick because we this is a numbers podcast as we talk about well and if memory serves july 4th or i'm sorry july 13th is the beginning of free agency this season that is correct information so, so that's the first day you can give him that extension yes right and and he's on pace for 91 points this year so you're and, telling and me- you take the again numbers and context matter would have been on pace for 100 if not for COVID protocol. I was going to say if, yeah, that's the thing. If if he was, if he didn't have to do the COVID, he would be, he would hit 97. And so you have a guy who's on pace for 91 points right now. You're telling me you're going to let him do that again next year before you sign him to a deal? I'm signing him. I, I would sign him as soon as I can. I would say, we'll give you eight by eight and whatever it's going to be awesome because say he scores 90 say he scores 90 hold on say he scores 91 this year well then what if next year he's on pace for 100 and he's like no that 10 million sounds nice (laughs) right but so but rfa right correct with arbitration rights yeah okay so but here here again is kind of my my query Mm -hmm. is is eight by eight a fair deal absolutely okay and see I look at it and I go eight million for for him if he's gonna if he's gonna I think continue it's, to play at this rate that almost might be a scotch undervalue. If yeah, could, that's actually that's what I was gonna say. I think it would be a bargain for the Sharks. Yeah, but for me, I look at it. It's like eight years to a guy that's twenty six year old, twenty six years old. Mm, love it. That's when you give a guy an eight year deal. And the other thing too, before people start freaking out about eight million dollars. <laughs> the Everybody cap just, does just, go up. Well, no, but just relax. <laughs> just hold on a second because, oh, my God, what if we have to pay Timo Meyer $8 million in two years? Well, he's making $6 million right now, so that's only an extra $2 million he's going to eat up. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going from entry level to $8 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's <laughs> See, not that's paid, a, $9.75 to $8 million. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. And that's what always kind of gives me a chuckle, right, is people say, oh, my God, we have to give Timo Meyer $8 million. And it's like, well, you're already giving him six. What's two more? <laughs> it's not like you're starting from zero, you know? Yeah. Um, to finish up my uh, my stock up for this week, I'm just this is a pair. And I'm just going to say Burns and Ferraro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Burns, we, we called him out last week. He stepped up. He puts together back-to-back three-assist games. And Ferraro, I mean, leading in the block shots, but playing a good physical game. I forget, Who the hell was it Ferraro laid out in the New York game? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, mean, that was, dude, I don't remember who it was, but that was a good hit, dude. Textbook solid hit, and Ferraro playing like that, being who you expect, uh, completely super positive guy in the room, and I think you can maybe make a argument. It's like is Burns able to put up some of the games that he's had if 
Ferraro isn't next to him on that side, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that finishes my stock up. Is there anybody else you want to highlight before we move to the, uh, the funner part of this? Not at all. All right. So stock down. Mark Edward Vlasic, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Vlasic was the only guy on my list. Oh, Jesus Christ. 1045 versus Detroit dash one. No shorthanded time whatsoever. 1157 versus New York. No special teams time. Then 1047 versus Pittsburgh. Do I can't remember the last time this guy cracked 12 minutes of ice time. Uh, well, it hasn't been that long ago because if memory serves, Vlasic was scratched for a game this season and then followed it up with a season high like 18 minutes of time on ice right but we also last week we also debunked that oh did we yeah where we said yeah okay he played he played eight almost 19 minutes but look at who was who was not in the lineup oh i get you okay we debunked it but again context matters yeah for sure but i mean you check this out so vlasic has played this is vlasic's 16th nhl season and every season prior to the last two, he's averaged at least twenty minutes or more per night. <sighs> and now it and it's gone down. So you know, eight, seventeen, eighteen was was you know he was at twenty two minutes, right? Then you go eighteen, nineteen. You bring in Eric Carlson, a little bit of a different story. He's down to twenty one minutes, whatever. Nineteen twenty, he's at twenty minutes. Last year he's at seventeen minutes. This year he's averaging fourteen minutes. Like, uh, and it just the keeps numbers, going down. The numbers don't lie, and it's and and make no mistake, I like Vlasic. I think he's a hell of a guy, and he was a hell of a player. <laughs> but something there's just something not clicking there anymore. And how much longer are we stuck with this guy? Is it five more years after this or four? It is feels like ten. Four years after this year. Oy, oy, oy. And seven like. $7 million a year for four more years after this year, that's an anchor for a bottom-pairing defenseman. So, I mean, for you, is the play a buyout, or do you just fucking scratch his ass whenever possible in hopes that he's... Because he's got a full no-move, so do you just scratch his ass in in the hopes that he comes to you and says, trade me anywhere I want out? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, that, and, that and, is... and the Sharks will. Let's be honest, Sharks are going to have to eat half that salary to get him the hell out of here. And and that is a play for sure. I think, you know, Ian was joking around like, "Oh, Kane's contract is terminated. You know, there's no, you know, now we can buy out Vlasic." And he he said that as a joke, but I'm wondering <laughs> if there's some merit there. I just don't want to see all that money, all that dead money for so long. I know when I when I'm when I'm thinking where it's like, can't he just be the seventh defenseman and then you just wait for him to bitch and go get and say trade me right fucking now? I mean that's what I would (laughs) that's what I would like. I mean that's that would be my play is like because we always say you know the the GM you know the GM provides the tools and the coach builds something right. Mm -hmm. And if your tool sucks, don't use it. Well, I always look at it. It's like the, uh, you know, if if you're a, a marquee chef, if some, you know, if whoever's buying the groceries gives you rotten food, not not a lot you can make. That's what I'm saying. If I'm Bob, you know, I just wouldn't play Vlasic. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. And and it's not and it's not anything personal. 
You know, it's not like, oh, you know. It's not personal. I, it's, dude, it's, it's like. It's, it's you want to put the six best guys out there. Exactly. It's like you've already got Ferraro and Burns playing well together. Middleton, Carlson. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to take Merkley and potentially Magna over Vlasic and Shimmick. But this is the thing. But here's the thing. Magna, Merkley, Shimmick, Merkley, Merkley, Hataka. Like. <laughs> What's the consistent theme of those? <laughs> Keep Merkley up. And, and don't I, play Vlasic. Yeah, well, that, yes, absolutely. And the thing I want to say about Merkley, I know Remenda called it out um, that Merkley has tried a couple moves where he tries to get the, the people to kind of come into him at the point, and then he'll try that like kind of dipsy doodle. And last couple times he's tried it, it hasn't worked because, you know, other teams have film and they know. <laughs> but, but that's fine. He's yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, he's going to, I think he's going to find his groove. I will tell you, it's, uh, well, I think you mentioned this a week or two or three ago, whatever it was, was like, well, you know, I'm not sure about Merkley because, you know, he's he's not exactly killing it at the AHL. And I, I thought it was you who had pointed out where it's like, um, he's not exactly playing with the most talented people in the world. Right. That's the thing. And and the thing, the other thing too with Merkley, and I think, like, I think Drew Remenda was fair to make that criticism about trying to pull the move at the blue line. But at the same time, when you're a young defenseman, he's 21 years old, and his God. bread and and his bread and butter is that crafty kind of play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you know how you find out that something doesn't work? You try it. Yeah. And you know what? You try it. Okay, that doesn't work. And I'm you, not gonna, I'm not gonna do it, or I'm gonna do it differently. And you move on. And you know what's being tried right now? Merkley, and it's working for me and that and that's the thing like the offense like he's playing on the third pair so i don't think people should get too wound up about the offense not being there but just the fact that after all that was said about him not really quote-unquote caring about playing defense or playing in the defensive zone he seems to do that quite well nowadays i yeah i i would definitely say merkley is getting better at that part of his game the other thing is is that it gives Bugner options on the power play units, and mm-hmm. whether you like it or dislike it, uh, Bugner <laughs> game against Pittsburgh, Merkley gives Bugner the opportunity to put Burns and Carlson together on the top power play unit. Whether you want to complain or say that's a brilliant idea, that's for for you know you to say, but Merkley at least affords him that option. And from what Bugner said this morning, uh, it sounds like that's going to continue tomorrow versus L.A. We'll see I'm, what happens. I'm fi- I know Burns and Carlson on the same power play unit. I know has been a disaster in the past, but if they and I know you're gonna get perked up as soon as I say this. If they played Burns at the net front, like to me that would at least be a different look, right? You mm-hmm. know. He's not, and here's the thing. And that the, fat ass in front of that goalie. Well, and and so that's the thing, right? Is so you know who was not really known for his offense in his heyday is Zdeno Chara, not really known for his offense, but he's a big dude, and Boston took him being a big dude, and put him at the net front on the power play. Hello, Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, and I'm just saying, I think. You do burns at net front, and I know the burns to forward people are going to get all wet over what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. But well, I've said just, it on Twitter. I'm like, can we put burns to forward only on the power play? That's what I'm saying. It just <laughs> ma- it makes the most sense. Like the idea is to make it so the goalie can't see. Put the biggest guy in front of him. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, Logan Teal. Oh, Burns is a big man. <laughs> That's what I said. He's six foot four. Yeah. Logan Teal saying, keep Merkley up until he gives you a reason not to. That's yep. and that's what I'm saying. I mean, because uh, he doesn't have to clear waivers. You can send him up and down like a fucking yo-yo. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep him with the team until he gives you a reason not to. I completely agree with that. Uh, two more stock downs. We kind of already touched on this, but, uh, you know, Shimmick, if you're scratched for three straight games, stock probably going down. Uh, I think that's the uh, sixth scratch this season, if I remember correctly. I mean, I haven't hooked up the soundboard, but for those of you who remember, oh, fuck. That's not good. Yeah, three straight scratches, not cool. Uh, yeah. Finally, Gregor, you know, three assists, I think, in the last nine games since the break. Hasn't been good. Uh, you know, dash three, no points over six games. I mean, he's getting looks. He's got solid speed. Is he Tory Mitchell 3.0? <laughs> because all that speed, not a lot of finish, and it kind of makes you go, the fuck, bro? And uh, and I'll I'll let you dive in on that while I uh, take a quick break. I really hope he's not Tory Mitchell 3.0. Um, I mean the only ugh, the only difference I would say is that Noah Gregor's had better numbers at the AHL than Tory Mitchell did. However, Tory Mitchell played significantly less games at the AHL level. I just think I don't know. I mean. If, like, it's hard to say right now, right? Because Noah Gregor has been in the top six most of the time since he's been up with the big club, and he's only got one goal to show for it. But I feel like at the same time, a player like Noah Gregor, like, to get the best of him, you have to play him in the top six. You know what I mean? It's no, you know, Gregor with, you know, Gadjevich and Peterson. Like, that's no use to Noah Gregor. Like, you need to put Noah Gregor with a guy who is going to get him the puck. I think, yeah, one goal in his last 23 games, you'd like that to be a little better, but I still think with what the Sharks have right now, I still think he's the best option for Couture's line. Well, you can say Well, and you I think you can say stock down because think about it, going from really good to good, that's still down, right? Majuel, uh, so your top three is Tomas, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture. You know what? Uh, uh, we have to reset that, reset that because when I came back, I hadn't taken myself off mute. So <clears throat> the the thing is, uh, finally for me, stock down. Every, wow, all that, did nobody hear that? No, because oh, uh, you said a lot of words. Uh no. So uh, Eric Carlson, you know the haters are gonna be, oh he's just being a hater. Uh, look, he, he has, uh, hasn't scored a goal in a month since the right. holiday break. You know, he's a dash six over eight games. Yeah. He's got some assists in there and that's all good. But you know, this, this was that Carlson that for a while there was trucking and kind of, you know, I'm not saying hit the wall, but definitely a speed bump. 
So yeah. hopefully he comes back. What, what's Samad Joel look like? Uh, your top three is Hurdle, Meyer, Couture. They're your top three in the module score. They're your top three in total goals. They're your top three in high-value goals. They're the top three. They haven't moved <laughs> from there. You know, Shuck. since Jonathan Dolan had his early ascension to the top three weeks ago, you know, he's been passed by uh, Couture. He's been passed by Eric Carlson. But, you know, Jonathan Dolan is still sitting comfortably in fifth place. I'd like to see him climb back up the rankings. And, I mean, I love Barabanov. I love what he's brought to that Hurdle and Meyer line. But I'd love for him. If he can play tomorrow, I'd love for him to get a goal. Uh, Barabanov? Yes. Yeah, it sounded like Bugner thought he was going to test out and be available tomorrow. But, obviously, we're not going to know until the morning. So, Mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, we already covered the power play. It's it's fucking horrible. I don't want to dive into that. Let me ju- let me just put it this way: it was 16th in the league two weeks ago. It's now 26th. Mm-hmm. You you, you for most of you who can like put that together, that's not good. Uh, PK is pretty much the same. Hasn't really changed. Same ranking. Same with faceoff wins. Reimer and Hill kind of in the same boat that they were. Reimer's got a 906, or I'm sorry, a 916. Hill has a 906. Obviously, that needs to improve. Uh, it sounded as if James Reimer will get the start if he's available tomorrow. That's the way Bugner made it sound. He he wants to get him back in, so we'll just have to see how he feels. I would say if you know if you're a, if you're a betting man, if Reimer does not go against LA tomorrow, I'd bet the house that he does go at Seattle. So That's probably fair to say, just because Reimer seems to be getting close. Yeah. But Aiden Hill's played really well, as I mentioned, over the last six games as well. Since since he's since Aiden Hill got his first start after the Christmas COVID break, I've really liked what I've seen from him. Yeah. There were a a, a couple beach balls he's let in, but other than that, I think he's played really sound goaltending. I love this comment from the chat from Logan. All you need to know if Carlson has stocked down is to look at AJ's lawn. You right. That's so true. <laughs> uh so on this your uh, three games this week, you only had four assists coming from the blue line. You had that amazing feed from Carlson to Balsers and then the three from Burns at the beginning of the week against Detroit, all in on the season. The blue line has contributed 80 points in 39 games. So, you know, that's better than two points a game, ever so slightly. But 19 goals has been kind of where they've been at for like the last two to three weeks. It'd be nice to see if we could uh, get maybe a chip in or two. You know, we see them firing those shots, particularly Burns from up high. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice if a couple of those went in. You know, remember earlier this season, you saw a couple of those amazing laser slaps from Carlson. People just got the hell out of the way. <laughs> I like those. So, coming up this week, we talked about it before. It's going to be the Kings. And for the first time this season, by the way, uh, that'll be at SAP tomorrow morning or afternoon, excuse me. Uh, and these divisional games are huge for San Jose, like we had mentioned. Then they go to Seattle for the first time ever. You'll remember that Seattle did beat the Sharks at SAP Center last month, 3-1. to one. That was a shit show of a game. I was there. That sucked. So hopefully the Sharks can do something up in this bitch when it comes to that. But then the fun starts. Tampa Bay. 
twice in five games. Ugh. But top of the Atlantic and following hosting Tampa next Saturday, that's that five-game buzzsaw, and next seven leads to the break, and the, the, that's going to be the key. Uh, and I've said it. If the Sharks go in to the break with a winning record, uh, I'll be stunned, and I will also owe jerk money. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. It doesn't even need to be a winning record. If the Sharks if the Sharks go into the break, what, you know, 500? three and five, I'm in there. Because the the wager was going to oh three and five uh, yeah 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 no. starting with last night's game against the Penguins it was if they win three of the next eight you're going to be sliding me a crisp five dollar bill a fin if you will yeah yeah uh, but if the Sharks go three and five over the next eight mm-hmm. that's 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 not a winning record correct so but that's I will okay. still win money Th- this is true. So we That's both we both win is really yeah, what it is. Everybody's a winner here. I get money. Your prediction <laughs> sheet looks better. Right. What it is. Um, the NHL announced their all-star roster, and your flav- favorite player didn't get in. Oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's a sham, but oh, nothing you can do about it's it. It's so stupid. And you sit there and see people bitch. Because, I forget who it was. There was somebody of note that bitched that it's uh, – no, it wasn't Nathan McKinnon. Was it? It was. It was. The bitch that he's like, you know, not every team should be like represented if they suck. Which I agree with him, but there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Well, and the problem is too is what if the home team or the 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 host team, host arena, city, whatever. What if, what if that team had just happens to suck that year? I mean, how do you sell tickets? I mean, obviously you're going to sell some tickets, but it's like. Uh, you know, it might be a little bit more energy in the building if you can actually announce somebody that plays in the city. Sure. You know, could you imagine if in 2019 Pavelski, Burns, and Carlson don't go and they're just San Jose has nobody to send? Like, that could have sucked. But either way, as of right now, Timo Meyer is the only one for San Jose, but of course they've got that stupid ass last man in voting thing where you can vote, you know, a bajillion times every day for like three weeks because, you know, the NHL wants to be able to claim that, oh, there were bajillion votes, even though there was like, you know, a couple of thousand. I was going to say they had like more votes than there are like adult humans in the world or some shit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, we had 300 billion votes. And it's like, um, you know, there's only like 8 billion people in the country, right? (laughs) Or in the world. And that's including, (laughs) that's including babies. (laughs) Right. Like babies don't know how to use a computer. Oh, that's so fucking stupid. Here's your, here's your words of wisdom for the week. (laughs) Babies don't know how to use a computer. Well, um, Finally, before we get to our dark, unless horses. you're a Sharks fan Facebook page. Oh, oh! <laughs> I had to get it in there. I love it. Uh, the one question that popped into my head this week, of course, too, is that with the outbreak, with the COVID outbreaks, uh, you know, particularly impacting Canada, but with it disrupting so much of the schedule, did the NHL miss an opportunity? by not scheduling a bunch of series games like they said they were going to after last season, but then they didn't. Because like if you look at the San Jose schedule, this the Sharks play only two teams back to back or the you know, there's only two situations where the Sharks play the same team back to back. And if you look at it, it's fucking stupid. 
because the Sharks were on the schedule December 16th, Vancouver. Then the Sharks' very next game, the 21st, Vancouver. What the schedule doesn't tell you, if you look at it from the Sharks' perspective, is that Vancouver plays in San Jose, then like flew home that night to play a game on Friday, play another game Sunday to turn around and then come back here. So Vancouver actually played two games in between. You know, it wasn't this, okay, Vancouver's going to stay in San Jose for three days while they play two out of three nights. Then the next one, it's at Los Angeles on the 10th, then hosting Los Angeles on the 12th. Dumb. Yeah. So either way, oh, and then and then back to LA on the 17th. So either way, my question stands. It's like, how does the NHL, with the popularity of the series, you know, with the players where it's like, it allows us to stay in the same area for a couple of days, uh, less travel. We're in the same, you know, hotels. Like there's a lot of savings in there, but it also, it allows the players to rest their bodies a little bit more because of less travel. I just sit here and go, it's not like you, did you think COVID was over when you were putting the schedule together? Like, I, I don't understand how for all the popularity of the series thing, why the NHL did not schedule more. Right. I don't get it. It is a, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is really weird because it seemed like that was well, well received at every level in the NHL. Right. So the only thing, maybe they'll do it, you know, when there's less uncertainty, maybe they'll, that's when they'll mess around with it. But Mm -hmm. Kind of weird that it didn't come out this year, like Do, you said. <laughs> I love that Ian said, I'm writing in Evander Kane for the last man vote. Nice. Dude, look, can we have the another John Scott moment? Yeah, where everybody just votes? No? Okay. Uh, let's close this out with our dark horse picks. Uh, we all know Jerks, Canucks, and AJ's Kings have been battling all season long. Uh, Jerks, Canucks right now, short end of the stick right now. Last time I looked, 17, 18, and 3? Yes. For the LA Kings or the Canucks? No, the Canucks. Sorry. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, and three. Um, but six, three, and one in their last ten. So and one earlier today, yes. Correct. Was they that did. a comeback they, win? They beat. Uh, no, they oh. they beat the Washington Capitals four Ooh. to two. Oh come on! Was... If the Canucks can beat the Caps, then the fucking Sharks can. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that might Just be your, that might be your saving grace for this. I'm telling you, bet. Kings. Dude, Kings, Kraken, Capitals. That's going to be it. Oh, man. Can't wait for the game tomorrow. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> the Kings have moved up to second by points and percentage. Who saw that coming? Uh, well, this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I did this didn't even occur to me until I actually, you know, checked the stats on that piece of shit. But you know who's, <laughs> you know who's having a really good year? You Jonathan say, Quick. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dustin Brown. <laughs> No, Quick's having a resurgence this season. Yeah, and also, I just want to point out, my guy, Adrian Kempe, leading the Kings in goals. You're welcome. He's the the representative, right, for the NHL All-Star game? For some reason, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, 7-3-0 over their last 10. Four-game winning streak, bringing that into SAP tomorrow, dude. Oof. Dude, 17 for Adrian Kempe, the All-Star representative for the Kings. 17 goals, only seven assists. Like, he's going for that Cy Young. <laughs> Jesus. 
Uh, all right, finally, uh, Martin Jones is still at a 909, seven starts away from Ian shaving his head. And, uh, well, also, I th- if, the, if my math is correct, about seven percentage points. I don't, when was the last time Martin Jones scored or uh, started a game? Seems like it's been it a hot might have minute. been against the Sharks. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so finally, let's get to our tweet of the week. Look, we all know what it is—the moment that is. occurred this week. Jesus Christ! Uh, all the Twitter, hockey Twitter, almost broke and collapsed because everybody thought Kodak Black was fucking at a Florida Panthers game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, dear Lord, who does this? Oh, I guess Kodak Black does this. Yeah, that was um, that, <laughs> that was, was really that was something. That was yeah, I that was not when I logged on to Twitter that day. That is not what I expected to see. Uh, so that's obviously the moment of the week, and of course, the best parts of that being that first off, the there was some shots of Kodak. And the, uh, look, call me old. I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I gotta be honest when Twitter started blowing up my the first thought that popped in my head is who the fuck is a Kodak Black I have no idea who this guy was I didn't know if he was from a reality show if he was a rapper I didn't I still Did don't know I still don't have I still I'm told he's a rapper I've never heard anything that the guys put out dude he's two years younger than me and I have no idea who he is see so any hoodles uh, that happens and of course the NHL had gotten a hold of a couple photos of him you know by himself or or next to that girl that was twerking but they were like sitting in seats that were like two or three rows from the glass and those were really nice photos and it was hey how you doing and the nhl was like posting that on their account and like hey kodak black how's it going or whatever and then this shit happened later in the game and then of course the nhl deletes that and again we just need to ju- remove the delete function from Twitter, okay? You can't unring a bell. Screenshots exists. <laughs> they, they're, they're there. You know, just because you delete a tweet doesn't mean you didn't tweet it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just like, it, it's more, at least for me, it means more to go, like, if the NHL account just would have resp- either retweeted it or uh, replied to it and said, "Well, this is awkward." I th- that at least that would have been funny, and I would have had more respect for it. Trying to delete shit is if you didn't say it or it didn't happen. Stop. But the best tweet, and I wish I could give credit to whoever put it out there, but somebody had posted a photo that was taken from like the suite next door, very close up, and it shows like, okay, he's got his clothes on, she has some clothes on. And they're clearly not having sex. And somebody retweeted that photo saying, you know, I hate it about the NHL when you think somebody scored, but then after video review, you find out they didn't. Or then after review, whatever. Either way, chef's kiss on that tweet. (laughs) That was brilliant. Oh, oh, I loved that. But. Yeah, so just stop with the delete. Just get rid of the delete function. It's a waste. <laughs> Own your shit is what I'm saying. So uh, that wraps it up. Make sure to check out our one-on-ones. Last couple we did, we mentioned Vancouver earlier. Matt Sakaris talked with uh, our very own puck guy. Uh, I talked with Drew not too long ago. 
Coming up in the next week, we're going to be talking to the new athletic guy. Uh, I always fuck up his name. Corey Massasak? Massasak, yeah. Massasak. Uh, Massive Sack. That's, yeah, Massasak. <laughs> but we're going to be talking to Corey uh, next week after the Sharks wrap up their 41st, get his take of the first half of San Jose Sharks hockey. So look forward to that. Uh, aside from that, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. Follow me at AJ underscore strong or don't, I really don't care. Uh, don't forget to join us on our discord channel where the chat never stops. You can find the link in the show notes and remember to leave your take in the comments below this video. If you weren't able to watch live on YouTube and join us in the YouTube chat. So with that, uh, the famous last words, follow us on at Teal Town USA is what I'm saying. You don't have to follow me personally. I really don't care. Don't follow or I don't look at it that much, <laughs> but on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those places can always find us Teal Town USA. And hey, if you want to throw a little something in our Venmo tip jar because you appreciate what we do here, we would appreciate that again at Teal Town USA. So uh, famous last words, home slice. Famous last words. The uh, so I'm probably not going to work tomorrow just because of MLK related mouth related soreness. Um, <laughs> okay, so MLK for you means what? Mouth leaking something. <laughs> <laughs> so which which means I will hopefully be either in my bed or on my couch. Uh, watching the Sharks get their first of three wins on this next eight-game stretch. <laughs> uh, are you going to be sweating it a little bit if the Sharks lose tomorrow? Yeah, Swe- probably. Sweating the bet a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, my famous last words for this show, uh, learn how to power play, boys. Just learn how to power play. Yeah, no kidding. <sighs> You're killing me, Smalls. That's what I'm trying to say. So do us a favor, find everything at tealtownusa.com. Remember to check out After Dark following each and every Sharks game. And that's it. We're going to wrap this one up. That's 148 in the books. We thank you very much for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week for episode 149 after facing LA, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. Good night, everybody.